One of the problems with the saints is that they all seem so long ago and so far away. But there are saints made to this very day. There are martyrs this very day in the world. Father Stanley Rother, you're going to hear about him soon. He was He is a native-born United States citizen, a missionary who served for 15 years in Guatemala, who was shot dead at the age of 46 when government troops, out of hatred for the faith and what the church was doing, invaded his rectory and shot him. Pope Francis has declared him a martyr for the faith, and he's on the way to being declared a saint, the first martyr saint of Oklahoma. Actually, the first martyred saint of a United States citizen. It makes you wonder how Father Rothers is likely to appear. You know, when saints, when martyrs are depicted, they're often depicted holding the instrument of their torture or death. So St. Stephen over there that we have, we see rocks at the bottom but he's, of the picture, but he's often pictured holding rocks. Or St. Peter, we see that he was crucified upside down in that window, and he's often pictured holding his, his uh, upside-down cross. Even our St. Sebastian we see shot with arrows. So how might Father Rothers appear? Will he be holding a gun? Interesting dilemma for modern saints. Could you just imagine a saint in one of our windows holding a gun? But you know, still, that happened way, way, way back In 1981, I was still in high school. For some of you, I know that was a very, very long time ago. But this is because most usually the church moves very, very slowly. Now, Oklahoma may still seem very, very far away for you guys. There is another United States citizen who is up for canonization. She is from Canton, Ohio. A short drive from here. As a matter of fact, we have parishioners in this parish who are from Canton, Ohio. So it's not that far away. The men's breakfast we had last weekend, we had a presentation about her. Her name is Rhoda Wise. She converted to the faith and suffered the stigmata and was a visionary. And she died in 1948. And it's really only now that the steam is building for her to be declared a saint. That is because the church is very, very cautious in declaring that something is absolutely true in this manner. It doesn't jump on the bandwagon. We don't jump on the bandwagon that quickly. You will notice this slowness, especially when Mary or another saint is purported to be be appearing at some place or appearing to somebody. It will wait until the the entire event is over. We will wait or until everybody has passed on. For a case in point, I know I've told you before about the visionary in Barberton who was having visions and locutions of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And for the longest time, it seemed great. You know, she was saying, pray, 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 and listen to my son, which is all great things. And the church cautioned people about going there. And then, don't you know, uh, a couple of years into it, uh, the purported... Uh, locutions are saying, get a cab and move to the woods, stock up on ammunition and food. So, good thing. We waited. We waited. So this being sure causes a time delay, and sometimes it makes us feel as though all the saints were in the past. But, you know what, but by our baptism, all of us are called to be saints. Only some of us 
will be declared official saints and made into glass and stone or plaster. But all of us are called to be saints because the definition of a saint is somebody who's in heaven. And we're all striving to get to heaven because there are only two possibilities, heaven and not heaven. For all we know, we may have some people in this church this very day who will someday be declared a saint by the church. Who knows? We hope for that. We strive for that. One of the things for which the church is looking when it starts investigating people's lives are what are the fruits of their lives? What do we see around them? What is happening around them? Did their lives lead others to Christ? Did it bring about peace and joy? Did they have peace and joy? What was the message that they put out in their lives? Was it consistent with the faith? Did they build up family life in the community? You know, look at the saints around us. It wasn't just about them keeping out of trouble and praying. They became like radiators on a cold, snowy winter December day, radiating out toward others, changing the world, or at least the world around them, and making it better, holier, brighter. And that these effects continue even after their death. Some of them even more so after their death. So... John the Baptist today, in the gospel we see, is in jail and has been hearing about this Jesus person. And it appears as though he's a little bit confused. Is this Messiah? Is this the Messiah or not? He isn't quite fitting the mold that I thought he would, but he seems like he could be. So John the Baptist sends his disciples over to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? And is it not interesting that as evidence, Jesus tells them to tell John what they see and what they hear, the evidence, the blind see, those who did not know truth, now know truth, the lame walk, those who didn't share faith, now do, the lepers are cleansed, sins are forgiven, the deaf hear, those who wouldn't listen to the word, now do, the dead are raised and the poor those who the society neglects have the good news proclaimed to them. This is the evidence that Jesus sends back to John the Baptist, that he is the Messiah. It is part of the evidence that we seek if we're trying to discover which church is the true church. Not that every person who claims to be a Catholic will exemplify these things, but it does make it possible for those who follow her wisdom to attain these things— Charity, joy, your faith must lead you and others to joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity. In the lives of the saints, we see this most clearly, those who love Jesus His bride, the church, attained these things. You know, what does radical Catholicism look like? Oddly enough, it might be a man with a gun, but not because he's going to go out and shoot somebody, but because he is a martyr. And for the love of Christ, he was shot, and now we will portray him in glass or wood or plaster. 
This is the question to ask yourself. Is your practice of your faith leading you and the people around you to charity, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity? Is your practice of these things a warm fire radiating out, radiating out towards others? Not with everybody, certainly. There are those who are closed to it. There were those in Jesus' company who were not convinced. And that, that does not mean that Jesus was not holy enough. It means that they were not open. But in general, when people speak of you, it is great to be known that you knew your faith. You knew all the minutiae of the catechism and that you were punctual at Mass and you knew how to make all the responses, but even more so, that you loved, that you showed charity, that you radiated joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. You know, I went Christmas shopping with my sister. We almost always do it in November or earlier. This year we waited till December. I can tell you, I was not radiating joy or peace or patience. (laughs) Something was wrong there. I wasn't doing something correctly. Conversely, yesterday, our choir sang in Playhouse Square, and they had a practice in in the Ohio Theater beforehand, and I got to sit with the stage manager, and I I was thanking him for allowing us to come down here and sing, And he was going, it's a wonderful thing when people come in here and they hear this choir singing. They may have had an awful day and they may have got a ticket and they may have slipped on the ice. But when they come in here and sit down and they listen to choirs like this, all that goes away. That's what our faith is supposed to do is not just when we make it into the theater, but when we are out getting that ticket or slipping on the ice. God, thank you. We're on Gaudete Sunday. We're halfway through Advent. That's why we're wearing what's supposed to be rose. I realize it's pink. It's supposed to be rose to mark that we're rejoicing. We're halfway there. And it's good to stop and contemplate. Am I gaining these gifts from the Holy Spirit in this season? Is Jesus leading me to that? And are those gifts radiating out towards others? Am I gaining heaven? Am I becoming a saint?